Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, pop culture, and creatives creating space for creatives, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. I am Luz Corona, Adweek Community Editor, reunited with my co-host here, Rebecca Stewart, our Europe Brand Editor. Bex, how are you? Very good. Still recovering from Barbie, which I know was our subject last week, but I only got to see it on Tuesday last week. Yes, um, I already want to see it a second and a third time, but I get we already talked about it, I guess, so we won't talk about it this time. I, guess. <laughs> I know, too much uh, yeah. Barbie. <laughs> yeah, too much Barbie. Um, well, we have a really great episode today um, because we have a special guest, and I know we say every episode is exciting, but everything is because we get to meet really cool people, and this is no exception. Um, welcoming Cam Kirk, Atlanta photographer, creator, um, creative, and business owner. Owner and just a lot of titles here that we're going to hear about. But Cam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you because, um, you know, as we said before, you're a creative making space for creatives. And I know that's kind of like a mouthful, but really, I feel like that kind of embodies everything that you do. And you have a lot on your plate uh, that you're doing that we're going to dig into. But uh, you know, I was just reading a recent Hypebeast interview um, on your work, and it was a really cool Q&A. And something that struck me um, was you didn't always want to be a creative. Uh, you had gone to college, I think, with another goal in mind, even though your dad was a photographer. So I'm just curious, like, were you hesitant to pursue the creative industry? Like, what did that early career start look like for you? Yeah, I think where I grew up at in PG County, Maryland, just the creative industry doesn't really exist there. So you don't really think of it as a potential career path. You're, you're kind of thinking about getting a more conventional job, whether in financing or working for the government or doctor, lawyer. So you don't really know anybody that's just like, oh, I'll take pictures for real for a living. Like my dad did it, but he did it for like the government. Like he didn't do it like uh, as creative as the way that I do it. It was like a side hustle. His creative projects were more like a side hustle. Um, so I never saw it like that. So I always knew I was a little creative. I used to draw and stuff as a kid, but I never really, really tapped into my creative passion really until I became an adult and moved to Atlanta and just saw like in Atlanta, that's just what people do. They create, whether they create businesses, music, films, like it's a really, really creative city. And I think that's what really like opened my eyes to like more of my creative side. And you were studying to be a doctor, Cam. Is that right? Yeah, I uh, I didn't didn't last long. I did it for about <laughs> a month. A month. Yeah. Uh, Those bio classes, yeah. they'll they'll get oh. you. <laughs> yeah, 
They wake you up really quickly. They let you know if, if you're made for it. It's, a, it's definitely yeah. a weed out class. So biology 101 kicked my butt. And I said, <laughs> I can't do this. This isn't, I know I wasn't built for it for sure. It's quite, it's quite yeah. a pivot. Like, was there a kind of single moment where you realized like photography is for me or a single job that made you think, oh, I can do this as a full-time career? To be honest, uh, the day I went and, and dropped out of pre-med and, and I went to change my major, I went to the business office and I just picked anything. To be honest, I wasn't really thinking of uh, photography. I wasn't thinking of creative. I was just like, I don't want to do uh, be a doctor anymore. So I'm going to just pick marketing. I thought about marketing and I thought like, wow, well, every company has a marketing uh, team or, you know, I was like, maybe this is a cool way. So I said, maybe I can work in any industry. Maybe I work for the NBA or a fashion brand or something. Marketing is a pretty cooler version, I think, of business. Um, and that's where it started. So uh, a lot of people wonder, like, are you really, really passionate about photography? And I love photography because it's changed my life. But my true passion is honestly marketing. Like, I love mm. business marketing. And photography is the way that I kind of play out or carry out that passion. And I'm able to market brands or market artists or individuals. That's what really, really gets me excited. So I'm not like a photographer that pulls up to the family reunion with my camera. Like I'm not, I'm not that guy. Like don't call me to do your birthday photos. Like I'm not that guy. I'm not that into it like that. But yeah. if it's like you have a business or a project, like, oh, marketing, we get to market this, or we got to create something that's used for marketing. I'm all in on stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's so uh, interesting. That is so interesting. And it's so full circle, I feel like now you're on an Adweek podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think you were, it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a blessing. It's a blessing. <laughs> well, before we get into your brand partnership work, because you've worked Nike, Sprite, Squarespace, a lot of cool commercial work that you've done. Um, first, I uh, want to give our listeners kind of like a, a scope, like a lay of the land of everything that you do, because right now you have the collective gallery and then you just launched the content streaming platform. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what your business ventures are and how they're really paving the way for creatives. Yeah, I have a, a number of business ventures. It's actually starting to get out of hand now. I need to uh, <laughs> slow it down. It's a good problem <laughs> I'm to overwhelmed. Have. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so obviously it started out as a solo content creator, as a photographer. So that's that side of my business, just as a service provider or a creator, is, is one form of the business. Um, I've been doing that for 11 years now. Uh, six years ago, I branched away from just being a solo creator and built a creative space. So here in Atlanta, I own and operate Cam Kirk Studios, which is a physical location that photographers, content creators, videographers, models, musicians, whatever, uh, can use our space on an hourly level, uh, create content, whether it be photo shoots, video shoots, podcasts, interviews, whatever the case may be. So that's really been able to be like a community hub and a community center for a lot of the creatives here in Atlanta. And I continue to build off of that. So from owning and operating that, I got to meet a ton of like-minded creatives, photographers, videographers. And I really got to really learn like other needs that the creative community has. Like I always knew how, what I needed 
And I knew I needed a space, but then I realized, well, people need more than just a space. They need guidance. They need education. They need business advice. They need management. Um, and seeing all of that really inspired me to start Collective Gallery, which is like my label. I call it a label because I'm modeling like the music industry model of like taking someone that's really talented and creative and putting all the tools and the machine and resource behind them to get the most out of their life or their career. So I started a label, but it's a label and an agency at the same time. So we work with business to business with brands and some of the biggest brands in the world and we create and produce their content. And then we also work directly with individual photographers that are signed to my label and actually like help them with their business formation, help them with their marketing, help them with their craft and we invest financially into like ideas or galleries and shows that they want to do um we really just try to help them take their careers to the next level so that is like the third business i started and then most recently um i launched my nonprofit, which is the camp kirk foundation so the camp kirk foundation is pretty much an embodiment of everything i kind of do community-based but it's actually buttoned up and polished up in a way that other people can now support and uh, you know play a part in the role that we do in community. So got a lot of different things going on inside of each bubble. It's, it's 10 more things. Like each company has like 10 things in there. Like you mentioned the content streaming that's inside of Cam Kirk Studio. So if we dive into that, I'll be talking here for like two hours, but <laughs> it's a lot of stuff going on. You're spinning a lot of plates. Um, but as Liz kind of said earlier, it all comes back to this idea of like you're a creative making space for creatives. And, you know, yes. Collective Gallery has, has really grown. And as Liz mentioned too, you've done work for some really cool brands, Nike, Puma, Sprite. I'm like really curious to kind of come back to that side of things and the brand side of things. And, you know, as a creative, there's always this challenge of balancing your creativity with like what a brand wants from a commercial point of view. Do you have kind of any advice for creatives listening that might be struggling to do that? How do you approach a brief when a, when a brand comes to you and kind of maintain your own creative spirit in the process? Yeah, at the beginning, I used to try to morph my style to what I thought the brand wanted. And then sometimes you have to remember that they came to you or if you were recommended for the job, it means that they saw your portfolio and they saw some of the work that you did and they saw that work fitting their campaign or project. So I think uh, that's like something I had to learn over time is like to be confident in myself and comfortable in what I bring to the table and to really just know my strengths and know I'm stepping into their world, but they're also stepping into my world and I got to bring what it is that I bring to the table. So for me and my work, if, if you ever want to work with Cam Kirk, or if you ever work with me as a photographer, what I bring is just like a high quality level. I bring like a really authentic approach to my project. So I don't do like really, really over the top creative. It's much more like authentic, almost documentary style, almost like really raw and candid. Um, and that's like a style that I've kind of coined as my own. So I know when I come to set, I just got to be me and do me and people are going to like the way I do it. I have a really laid back approach on set as well. I scare a lot of marketing departments with my laid back approach because I'm very <laughs> chill on set. And most of these commercial sets are not chill. Everyone's scrambling and did we get the yeah. shot? Did we get this? It's, it's a logo present. And I'm like, I got it. Like, I'll get it. I got it. And they, they end like up loving me at the end. 
Yeah. Yeah. Trust the process. I got trust it. Trust the process. I'm yeah. Good. <laughs> That's so great. And, um, <laughs> You know, that that got me thinking because you're so right about like it's your style that they should fit into, you know, and it's like a collaborative process. And someone said something similar to me yesterday. It's like you shouldn't have to worry about keeping up with them. They should be worried about keeping up with you. And I feel like this applies to like your work. Um, So I I commend you for that. Yeah. So um, any favorite projects come to mind? I have more questions, but I'm just so curious. Any favorite projects? Because you've also photographed like rappers and big talent Mm -hmm. and you've done some cool brand work so what what pops out in your mind yeah i feel like every project i'm working on is always like my favorite at that time it's like whatever's fresh and new um and that that's what's so exciting about the work that i do it's like every day it's like a new project comes down the pipeline and it's like wow that was really fun uh so when i think about major projects i'm really proud of the work i do with the nike on a nike yard runner uh campaign it's a campaign that is a really full circle for me because I started as a featured talent first. So originally for this campaign and this first inception of the idea, I was being photographed and I was like featured in it. And then uh, every year from then, I've actually been able to now photograph that campaign. And I love working on that campaign because I've, I'm a part of it. I feel like a level of ownership in it. When you when you've redone a campaign three or four times, it's like that's like as much your campaign as it is a Nike campaign. And to know that they trust me and my vision. And it's it's oftentimes a brand will work with you and may not work with you again because it's like, oh, we got that, we got the Cam Kirk look on this campaign. We want to switch it up. So to be able to go back and back and back with Nike and then for them to say like, the look for yard runners is Cam Kirk. It's your style. Is the yard runner look? It's something that really means a lot. So I love that campaign, uh, and it also is a, a homage to like HBCUs, which is where I come from, Morehouse graduate. Uh, so to be able to be like the eye of a campaign that's centered around aspiring more people to look at HBCUs as a college destination is also really impactful. So I love that. And then uh, most recently, I, it's funny because I'm still doing like some of my first. So most recently, I just uh, did a book cover and I was able to photograph a book for uh, icon and legend Young Jeezy for his new wow. book. So seeing my work, I've seen my work on the cover of a magazine. I've seen an album cover, but a book that I can go to Barnes and Nobles and it's the book. And it's a, it's already a number one seller, I think, and on Amazon. So that was a really cool project and really impromptu. We did it in 30 minutes, no lie. Wow. We did that shoot wow. in like 30 minutes. Uh, and like two weeks after the shoot, it was on book cover. I'm like, wow, like that was effortless. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Now we gotta, we gotta have it's that on our cool. coffee tables. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I gotta send you guys a copy for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and check it out. That's part of the excitement. Uh, Well, I have one more uh, related question and then we'll, we'll cut to break, but uh, in terms of your process. So 
going to give a little background here, a little bit of a long-winded question. Um, I kind of love these. But we had the owners of MGX Creative on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Daniel and Karam. And they've also done really cool like documentaries in the hip-hop space. And their whole thing is they tell stories through the lens of youth culture. like, And you can tell in their executions and what they create. Um, so I'm just curious like what your lens is. Like what is it that you, like your signature kind of vision? Is there is there anything like that that you kind of try to implement in your work yeah i i'm a huge fan of of jonathan mayan um this legendary uh hip-hop photographer and i saw an interview once and he was saying like the impact of photography and how he's been able to photograph you know legends like jay-z and Lil wayne and eminem and he was saying like when you close your eyes nine times out of ten you think of those people you see his work, or you would see an image that he created in your head. Um, and that really always stood out to me. It's like, wow, like to be able to capture the image of somebody, like that is the perfect image of Gucci Man or the Migos. Like that's what you think about when you do that, was something that I always try to challenge myself to do. So I think my style, like I, I mentioned earlier, is just really like authentic. Like I don't like costumes, I don't like you dressed up too far left. Like I want to think of whoever my talent is and think about what they represent and how the world imagines them in their head and try to capture the essence of that uh, through my photography. So I really focus on like trying to create an iconic image. I know that's not easy to do, but that's what I really like. I'm like, is that iconic? Like, can that image stand by itself? No props. It ain't about the styling. It ain't about nothing else. Can this image of this person stand the test of time and be something that can be on the book cover or something like that. Like, can it represent this person's life? And that's what I try to do with my work. Love that. Love so that. timeless think, and real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what are you going to say, iconic Rebecca? Iconic is a great, I was just going to say, iconic is a great North, North Star to have, right? Super simple, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. And Jonathan's work is so impressive too. Um, so that that's so cool that you look up to him. Um, well, we have a gajillion more questions for you, but I think now is a good time to cut for break. So a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like the more MQLs, the better over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey. 
Welcome back, and um, we're going to continue our amazing conversation with Cam. And I'm just so keen to pick your brain, Cam, because one of the things that kind of one of the threads that seems to be kind of woven throughout your career is this idea of building ventures that help out creatives like yourself or people that are just starting out, whether that's through the foundation or through spaces or representation. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it's so important to you? Yeah, I think uh, if when we look back at this time in this day and age, especially like as a creator or photographer, um, the industry's completely changed over the last 10 years. Uh, so the model and blueprint that has stayed the test of time prior to this really doesn't really relate or correlate as much. So a lot of the stuff that I'm creating is resources that I personally needed myself. And I need these things because they don't really exist. Um, how we navigate Instagram or navigate social media or the Internet with our work, the high velocity and volume of photography was never this much in demand. You were never shooting this much. And uh, as a result of that, the budgets are much lower and because brands have to do a hundred shoots a year versus that one campaign for the fall or the summer or spring. And that is a completely changed process. So me being a leader in my space and as I'm navigating new worlds and still achieving new things, it's like, I know no one else has ever done this or had to do it this type of way. So it's important that I go, you know, pass that knowledge right back so that they know what to expect because there's not a book you can read on how to be a photographer in 2023 mm -hmm. in, you know, a world where everything is short form video right now. And everything is like TikToks and video. Well, where does photography live in that world right now, right? Where, you know, magazines and print and things of that nature are, are fading and continuing to fade. Where do we live um, as photographers? So it's so foreign and that's why I do it. So that's why all of my businesses are really rooted off of first, like what I needed. So mm -hmm. I needed a studio space, so I created a studio space and then I made it open for everybody. At one point in time, I needed management and representation. I still do. I created it. And, you know, my team, they help and manage me as well as I, we help and manage others. So a lot of that stuff, I just like know what I need and I can relate to it. And I just try to provide it and open it up for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's this kind of idea of like, if you want something to exist, sometimes you have to build it yourself. You seem to have like wholly embraced that, but you're lifting others up at the same time, which is just great. Yeah, I don't think you have to be selfish with it, with your, your dreams and your accomplishments. I think... Uh, as you're knocking down the walls and the doors for yourself, there's no reason to build the door back up, like leave it down and let other people kind of come in. And and it doesn't, a lot of people often think that it takes away from what you're doing, but sometimes it bigs up what you're doing um, to be able to be somebody that's inspired or help someone else. It only plants a seed that helps you grow even bigger. Absolutely, wise that. words. Oh my gosh, I feel so inspired. This is great. Me too. <laughs> what a, right? What a great outlook. Um, that's that's great, Cam. And um, you know, you said something before, and this is kind of like kind of related, but you've seen the space like kind of blow up and everything is different, but specifically in Atlanta. Atlanta has just boomed over the last few years with everything you mentioned before, like with specifically the arts, right? There's like filming down there. Now you have your photography studio. Like it's just, I think Triller did like major event, like Atlanta is just hot. And especially for like advertising and art. So what has that been like for you from when you 
kind of went there and then what it is now and like has obviously that's impacted business for you as well right yeah like it's it's kind of i've been able to receive a lot of good energy and vibes from it because at one point in time atlanta i don't think was on the market or on the target market list for a lot of companies and brands when i first moved here you weren't going to an open bar brand event like that didn't exist in atlanta like you went to the the club or whatever we do our own parties but now they're like open bar events and nike is throwing an event here or sprite has an event here or puma whatever the case may be and those things didn't really exist so now that atlanta is on everyone's target market it's really changed the landscape of the world and opened a lot of people up to just like what's possible out there and other things that can be done and brands are actually starting to see talent here now without us having to really go to New York or LA to work with brands. So I love it. It's been it's been amazing, but it's definitely changed the culture of Atlanta uh, completely, uh, which is which is a good thing. It's good growth. Definitely. It's all. Yeah, it's always nice. Like I'm obviously based in the UK, but it's nice to hear of cities, you know, outside of New York and LA doing really cool things. And Atlanta is one that consistently kind of springs up. And Cam, I'd love to touch on something, you know, you touched on it a little bit with like the proliferation of TikTok and this kind of fragmented media landscape. There's more content than ever before. And, you know, content creators and photographers are having to keep up. And, you know, you reference CKS, which is your streaming platform. And one of the barriers to, you know, having these content platforms is having enough quality content to fill it. I'm curious how you overcome that barrier. We're baby, so we're just starting, so we haven't <laughs> overcame it yet. Uh, but my my goal with uh, CKS is just, you know, I've been, since I was in high school, I've been building community on other people's platforms, right? Started out with MySpace, and then I, I remember I went to Tumblr, and it was Twitter. So I've been moving my community from platform to platform and establishing my footprint in all these places, and now it's Instagram. And, you know, at 34, it's, it's a little difficult to get to TikTok, but I'm at Instagram. I've gotten <laughs> to that part. Um, but now it's just like, am I going to keep doing this? Like, event, like, what if Instagram goes away? I have to, like, pick up and move again and, and mm -hmm. tell people to come somewhere. So what I do know is I've been able to build a platform and a name for myself no matter what platform I've been on. Um, and building my own is would be no different. It's like if you like my content and if you liked it from Facebook days to Twitter days to Tumblr days, why not create something that you can find online as well uh, in CKS? And then again, it's going to be another platform that's going to allow me to empower other creatives and give them a platform and a voice. So with CKS, there's going to be original content for me and exclusive content for me, but I'm also stepping into like my producer role and like Will Packer and Tyler Perry and we're going to really be like producing shows and I might see a talent that I just think like, wow, like you need your own podcast. I'm going to help you do that. Here's the funds to do it. Or uh, a short film writer might be like, man, we should really make this a film or do something. So on it, you're going to see a wide range of content from like music based content to cooking shows to, um, mixologist uh content with like bartenders and i'm trying to do some real estate stuff it's gonna be short films on there but it's all like 
content from creatives like made by creatives and for creatives so that's where we're just trying to land at if you go to cks you'll be able to go get educated entertained see celebrity content um and it's just like open form um and it's just all in one place Mm-hmm. Sounds so cool and I think it's really smart actually in terms of you know what's going on with Twitter or X at the moment to take control and ownership over your own content. Yeah you have to because um, like you can't move your subscribers from anywhere so like I'm blessed to have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram but if it god forbid went somewhere I can't reach those a hundred thousand and just say come here so it's something that I think a lot of people should think about and consider. Um, we'll forever be obviously a member of the social media world and I'll continue to post there. But if every day I can pull five people over here, five people over here, eventually I can kind of get them on my own world without having to worry about other factors and algorithms, you know, disrupting mm -hmm. my communication to my community. Mm hmm. I love that. And community, that brings us back to the start of the episode. You know, you're creative, creating spaces for creatives, and that's a, such a strong example. And thank you for creating space for us today. I've just so enjoyed listening to you and kind of hearing your words of wisdom and drawing from your experience is so interesting. I'm sure readers or listeners, sorry, will find it fascinating too. So thank you. And thank you, Liz. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, Cam. This was so great. Thank you all for having me. This was amazing. Thank you, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>